is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Okay, so I'm back with Georgie and I hope you were able to hear the previous episode. I would actually recommend that you go back and listen. If you are catching us now for the first time, go back and listen to the previous episode where she gave a beautiful and really easy to digest explanation of what's going on in our body with regard to the term nervous system, but also the mechanism and the systems that we have in place that are important for us to understand so that we can see what possibly might be coming up when we are about to make a big change in our life. I know a lot of you have talked to me about this and you wanted an episode on this. Like, what do I do? What advice does someone have when I'm desiring a big change, either a big change in relationship or career? And Georgie just reminded me that I mentioned to her offline that I I'm loving podcasting, but I shifted dramatically the way I've been doing it. And she said that that would be a great example for us to start with. So welcome back, Georgie. Thank you, Jill. Thank you. I think to be back here, to be talking about what we were sharing before in terms of understanding the nervous system, loving the nervous system, and learning how to work with the nervous system is such a beautiful segue into this conversation of how we can use that awareness of ourselves and our body to then create you know, steps towards the things that we want to be changing, things we want to be shifting personally, professionally, wherever in life you feel called. So yes, I'm here for this conversation. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And I'm so glad that we did what we did because we were just going to talk about what we're talking about now. And I'm so glad this is an example too of listening to ourselves because something was telling me, hold on a minute, before we do that, let's back up. And I'm so glad we did. Because as you said in the last episode, it's not just about getting stuff out of us and regulating. It's about building a relationship with our body so we can have more pleasure, more of what what, what we desire, more what we secretly feel we deserve and how to step into that. I know that you said this is one thing you love to work with women on in your own practice. Yeah, I think one of the things that I see most women really come to me for is this disconnect between the life that they're living and the experience they're having of it. So on paper, everything's looking really glorious, but, and there's a big but, the experience they're having of that is not really landing for them. It's not creating all the glorious, juicy, fulfilling vibes that on paper they believe they should be getting. And they're left thinking, God, am I just ungrateful? Is this just me? You know, is this, am I this awful, you know, person who nothing's ever going to be enough? Or is there something actually that fundamentally needs to be different either in their life, in their environment, or in how they're able to receive and be in the circumstances that they're in, which again takes us back to our previous conversation about being in the body, which if that completely blows your mind, you're like, what does that even mean? As Jill said, we covered it. (laughs) Go and have a listen. And just from there, recognizing that where, where there's that itch for more, that desire for something different, there's an invitation not for criticism or judgment, for just curiosity as to what else is possible for me here? What else do I get to do? And some women will know, they will know the thing that they want to see more of. They will know the direction that they want to be taking themselves in, but they're just not able 
to make that happen or they just feel it's too much or their everything in their system is like, no, 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 you don't get to do that. You'll never make it happen, blah, 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 blah. Or there will be those who just know something's off and they don't know where next. And both of those situations can feel equally as uncomfortable. Okay. I have a question. So how do we know? So I'm Sally and I have a true desire to make a big change in my life. I'm sure of it. I want it. I've been thinking about it for years. How do I know that the resistance that I'm feeling, how do I know if that's that's real resistance, meaning don't go there, or if it's my body just trying to protect me? How do I know the difference? And what could that look like maybe? Well, first of all, you need to know that it's always going to be the latter. Like your body is always going to tell you not to change because that is what our nervous system is designed to do. (laughs) Let's say that again and let's highlight that, underline it, because how many people don't change because they have that feeling and they call it their intuition? My gut's telling me not to do it. No, that would be your nervous system. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. And so I think what I love about you is you asked the two questions and that discernment is part of the process that is needed. It's why we're here as coaches, Why especially why in my practice, I love to show up because when we can recognize that A, resistance is always going to show up when you want to create change because that is your body's hardwired way of keeping you safe. Do not change. Stay where you are. We know this. We know how to operate here. We know how to survive here. And even if where you are is really uncomfortable and unhappy for you, we know it, friend. You're going to stay alive. So don't go anywhere else. (laughs) It doesn't care so much about your fulfillment. It does care about (laughs) your survival. (laughs) So we have to know that anytime you want to do something new, you want to do something stretchy, you want to do something that creates change, your body is going to be like, "Uh -uh, mm -mm, no, 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 I do not like this on one level. There will be other levels that are like, yay, I'm excited and I'm inspired. And we have to see and work with both and all of those parts. Mm. Okay. So let's, let's talk about how it could physically look. Well, I want to talk about me for a minute. Let's make it about me, Georgie. Okay. So here's the example. I have felt, and I mean like a hundred percent felt in my body, in my heart, soul, intuition, all of it, that there's a book that's meant to come out of me. And I know that for many reasons that we don't need to get into, but it's, it, it is all, it's not, oh, I just want to write a book or I think it'd be cool to write a book or it, it's none of that. I'm, I'm almost like really odd. I'm not sure I want to do this, but I know it's supposed to come. And I have been procrastinating and avoiding it for about four years now. Stopping, starting, stopping, starting. Okay. Then I even allowed myself to say, you know what? Who cares if I don't write it? Who cares that I was loud because I tend to be and announced it? You know, Georgie's more the type that would just write the book. No one knows. And it's published. And she said, oh, by the way, I wrote a book. (laughs) I'm the one who's like, guess what, everybody? I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book. So I did that. And I thought, you know what? Who cares if I'm embarrassed? I don't give a shit what anyone thinks anyway. I changed my mind. And then I sat with it. I'm like, fuck, I'm still supposed to write the book. So as you know, I've got this show that I love so much. I love this podcast. And I had shared with you that in the decision to finally commit to writing the book and like truly commit to it to the point where I have a deadline at the end of May for my first draft, like fully committed. I told you that I decided it's funny because I'm, I'm, I'm realizing something as I'm speaking, Georgie. This is big. So I told you that the reason I decided to start batch creating podcasts, which normally I don't, I literally just like, hey, I need to do a podcast. What am I going to talk about? Hmm. And then I start talking. I have been like a, I don't know where all these podcasts are coming from, but like a machine, one after another, after another, after another. And I'm done and I get it out and I record, then I upload it and it's done. And then I get to the next. And I was telling myself and I believed and I told you, well, I'm just doing that because I'm the kind of person who can't have two creative processes going on at once. It's too much for me. So I'm going to get the podcasts all done, put it tucked away on a shelf, and then I can focus on the book that I need to write by the end of May. I just realized as you were talking that that's not it. It's my body trying to protect me. And you probably knew it the whole time. My body keeps putting all this creative focus and energy into the podcast because it says, this is what you know. 
This is what you're good at. This is where you feel safe. This is where you're not scared and intimidated. So we're just going to go, 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 so that you don't have the energy to write the book. You don't have the creative energy, physical energy, or desire to write the book because that's what's been happening. I have been so into this podcast, which I already love, but look how fast I'm talking even right now. Like all this energy. Yeah. Like I feel it. Like I've just been... Just as I'm going right now, bah, 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 bah. I've been doing that with the podcast. Like, oh, I have another topic. Oh, I have another one. Oh, how about this? Oh my God, I just talked for 48 minutes. That was easy. Psh, how I did three in a row like on Saturday and never felt my energy deplete. And I realized now what it is. Yeah. So take a deep breath, my friend. Yeah, thank slow you. That, slow that body down. <laughs> <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Mm. Oh, see, everything happens in absolute yeah. divine timing. I was meant to have this conversation <laughs> hey, with you. Free coaching. Hey, brain. Hey, body. <laughs> I want to make a book and do something different. Body's like, yeah, sure, Jill. Let's get really, really, really busy. Not make any creative space for even thinking about that. Burn you out. So by the time you get to the space you've made, oh, friend, you're done. <laughs> oh, and I didn't know that part. You're right. Oh, that's what's happening. Oh, my God. Mm. I mean, there's a really beautiful strategic part to this, which is important. And I think it's like when we recognize a desire and we we get really clear on the needs around that desire, i.e. like, I need space for this book. Maybe you do need creative space for this, but maybe the podcast does need to be parked momentarily. So to create an action plan to get that all you know, locked down, sorted and squared away so that you do then have that space, that's beautiful to do it in such a way that allows zero creative space for the book to even be brewing in the background and it pushes your nervous system to total burnout ahead of time. That, that there isn't supportive, it's sabotage, it's resistance, it's safety, blocking you doing the thing. Mm, Yep. Mm. Hi, human. Nice to see you. Oh my (laughs) gosh. It's just, I I love, love, love how, you know, whether you say divine guidance, God, whatever word people use, I just love that wisdom because I've been asking for guidance, Georgie, regularly. I always do, but about this topic and the message I received a couple of days ago was it's there. Just pay attention. We're telling you it's there. And then something told me that we needed to break this podcast up into two. And you just spoke to me what I needed to hear. And I, like, this was, this this was super helpful to me. You have no idea. Like, I feel tears. Yeah. And you spoke to you. You spoke to it. Mm. And so it is right there. It is already in you. All those answers, the things you need, they're already there. But what do you need to hear those messages? Space. Yeah. Connection. Calm. I feel so calm now. Good. I mean, I feel this like, I feel a little bit like tingly in my chest, like a little itchy. Okay. Maybe you can explain to them why. Um, A little itchy, but no tightness whatsoever. And I feel just like, I just, it's like I just took some melatonin. Well, you know this itchiness. Yeah. I want you to tell the listener though, based on what you just taught them in the last episode, what just happened with me? What did you just observe? I feel like really you're you're the one to be able to do that best. But what I feel more cool to ask you is this that itchiness that you feel still here. Is that a feeling you know? Yes. So the let me see if I'm red. Am I red? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't see from here, but you can see it. So I'm showing her on camera. I mean, you're also in a pink room, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let me look. Hold on. <laughs> oh yeah 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 I'm splotchy and red yeah so she said mm-hmm. is this something that feels familiar and yes so whenever I would get what's funny is though I don't consciously feel nervous at all but the itchiness and the redness in my chest is something that I have felt many times in the past and for you what does it usually signal are you aware of what yeah that usually... that's why I'm confused because usually in the past it has been I'm uncomfortable. I'm feeling insecure. I'm nervous. And well, let me ask you this. How over the last few weeks where you have been go, 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 smashing these out left, right and center, how many times have you paused to really check in? 
Jet. with that body to know. <laughs> <laughs> to know. I mean, like, has the redness been there this whole time and now uh, we're seeing it? Or is it something that's just peep, peeped his head? I've we don't just know. been outed. <laughs> no, you're right. Yes, of course, that's what's happening. Because as you were, the thing I didn't say when you said to me, like, what is this, whatever, what I really wanted to say, what my body was trying to say, but I kept blocking it was, I'm trying to get out. I'm trying to get out of you. Mm-hmm. Like something's trying to physically like crawl out of my skin and get out. And yeah, so while I was doing, it wasn't even a couple of weeks, honestly, it's like a little over a week. I did all these episodes and I took time for like prayer and I took time to play my bowls and I took time to jump on my little trampoline, but I never, ever once checked in with my body or gave myself any space. I went straight from that to doing other things. Doing, exactly. And that's that's the risk of so-called connective practices that can very rapidly slip into just another activity of doing and another form of disconnection. And numbing, by the way. The other thing I did, Georgie, right. was I did, I wrapped up everything on Sunday and I went upstairs and I was like, I don't care what is on the television. I'm going to watch another episode of a cheesy reality show and just lay here. Yes, of course, because you're about to do something that your body hates. So it's literally pushing you <laughs> into not being in a state to be able to do that thing. Mm. This is resistance. This is this is the resistance that comes up whenever we are about to embark on change. And you know, I love that you're modeling that humanness to your audience because it is human. It is so normal to slip into our old protective patterns that keep us where we are. Yeah. And Jill's just now having a really beautiful yawn, which is a, a release from the body that we don't oh. need to understand, but we do need to let you do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the uh. other, the other release is, and this happens with me. I'm not sad at all, at all. And I have, tears mm. coming out of my eyes when I say I'm not sad I'm I'm telling you as the listener that I, I'm it's not something else there's not something else that I'm sad about that I'm not telling her or that I'm hiding this is all connected like my body's releasing mm. and I I just feel so sleepy <laughs> yes yes and I think what's so this is where we get to learn our body's ways. I always call them, you know, what what are your warning bells and tells? What is it? We've spoke before in the last episode about when the, your body is humming at you to get your attention or singing at you and then screaming at you eventually. Like when you can pay attention to the harms, which for you is probably going to be that little itchy feeling at first, or maybe a little yawning throughout the day, you can be like, hmm, hang on a second. I know these tell signs. I know that this signals to me that my nervous system feels a little like it needs to get out and stop. Oh yeah. I'm just in, right now, just incessant yawning. I'm so glad this is happening live. I'm so glad we're doing this. Yeah. So let it be. Yeah. Thank you. So our listener who was saying, okay, hold on, I want some of that. (laughs) Like, Georgie, I want your ear here. I have something that I want to do. What would you like to say to her about allowing herself even just the space to explore that privately with herself? Because I think a lot of women, they have these desires and then they completely, their body either shuts it down or their mind shuts it down. And what if she could just in her own private space entertain, what would it feel like to do that? Why do I really want to do that? What would it look like? And, and no one, no one's going to hear it. Well, I think one of the most important parts there is the privacy of it. Because one of the first steps in this is for them to really check in with if the goal and desire is really theirs. Mm. does this really come from you or is this your partners or societies or your bosses or your children's like no none of that gets to come so really creating a space where you do get to really get curious about if this is truly for you and when you know that yes when you know that yes this is mine this makes no sense to me logically. This may, will make no sense to the people that think they know me, but this is the thing that I want for me. 
then we've got to start working and looking at the, everything that's going to come up in the way of that. Mm. Because not only are you going to be bumping up against your issues of worthiness, do you really get to have that much in life and receive that much glory or issues of responsibility when you're so used to giving, giving, giving to everyone else? Like, do you really get to create space for this? So we're going to really bump up against those things. And then we're going to bump up against the resistance of the body. That's going to bring all the excuses yes to the mind with all the obstacles for the mind, but it's also going to do exactly what you've been experiencing, which is driving the body into behaviors that resist it. Mm. And we just have to know that's coming. Just know that that is coming. And when you know that that resistance comes in mind and in body, you get to be ready for it. So when it arrives, you're like, oh, hey. Hey, resistance. I see you, my friend. I see you trying to keep me where I am, but it's okay because I've really taken time to know why I want this for me. I've taken time to really recognize that this is for me. And I know how I'm going to respond in this moment because I've anticipated you. I've anticipated me shutting this down. I've anticipated me ignoring this. I've anticipated me busying myself to pretend that I don't actually want this thing. This is why you will know somebody who has spoken about the same thing that they want to do for year on year on year on year. It's why, Jill, four years down the line, you're finally like, okay, now this is the time. (laughs) I have been thinking about this book for years and I am finally getting there. And yet we all know people who have spoken to the weight loss or spoken to the career change or spoken to the living overseas or spoken to the ending a relationship for years to decades without creating change. And firstly, my encouragement is when you've in that private moment, encouraged yourself to really check it's yours, you bring it into connection and relationship, whether it's with a coach, whether it's with peer support, friendly support. We have to start to do actually what you have done, in my opinion, Jill, which is speak to the thing that we want us for ourselves, hold ourselves to some level of accountability as we ask others to do that for us too. So on the days when the resistance gets too high, when the days when the mind doubts and the body fights back, somebody else gets to call you forward. Somebody else gets to say, honey, rest, take a day off. And tomorrow... I'm going to put you a cup of tea on your desk and I'm going to bring you your new pen and you're going to sit down and you're going to write that page. Mm. I'm glad you mentioned health because I know a lot of us, when we think about a big change, we think about career. But I'm glad you mentioned health because a lot of us, even if it's not losing weight, it's finally a term we use a lot in the US is getting in shape. You know, everyone's going to get in shape, whatever that even means. But I'll use myself as an example again. That when you just were talking about the resistance, I was like, oh shit, that's what's been happening. So I found a functional medicine physician and hired him. Like I paid money for a container, just like a coaching container. And I did that to hold myself accountable because I knew that I would have a certain number of Zooms to do with him. I knew that he orders certain tests and blood work, et cetera, and that that would like force me to do what I want to do, which is really take control of my health. So I've been doing that. What comes with him is also a trainer. And I've been not exercising other than an occasional thing here and there for like, I'm talking five years, okay? And when I made the commitment with Jim, the trainer with Dr. Stillman, I noticed things coming up that I was not consciously making happen. It looked like an excuse, but I really would feel sick. I really would get sick. I like right now, I have this, my right IT band on my right, by my right knee. I mean, Georgie, it's like clicking and tightening even during the night when I sleep. It hurts so much. And I'm laughing to myself like this probably looks like I'm making up an excuse. But thank goodness I'm with a coach who understands what you understand. And he said, no, it's just your body trying to resist what we're doing. It's okay. Like there's no shame here. And so we're just working around it. But that's, my yeah. example. And the working around it, that's when you know, that's when you know that resistance isn't winning. Mm-hmm. Because you see the resistance, you feel the clicking in your knee, you're like, oh, this is not feeling great. Do you ignore it to the point that you ignore the harm, you ignore the thing, and then bang, you're really physically out because you've really badly injured yourself mm. for weeks. Like, okay, who, who won that round? Or are you saying like, okay, Jim, my knee's really playing up. 
can we adapt the exercise so I can continue to move this needle towards the things that I want? Can you direct me towards a, you know, a chiropractor, an osteopath, a physio who's going to really support my body in these changes that I'm asking? So we meet that resistance, but we're ready for it. We know it's coming. So we go, oh, look, here's my body fighting this. Here's my mind fighting this. And I know how I'm going to respond in this moment. I'm going to tell Jim. I'm going to say, here's what's happening for me. Here's what's coming up for me. Here's all the reasons I want to give you about why I can't do today. And I was ready for this and I planned for this. So I know I'm going to revisit all the beautiful reasons why I want this for myself. I'm going to remind myself of why I get to have this in my life. And I'm going to follow my action plan that calls me forward against this resistance, knowing that I'm with my body and nervous system in solidarity. We don't burst through. We don't break down walls. We don't force ourselves through something just to be headstrong and disciplined. No, thank you. We work with the body. We soothe the resistance. We find safety in the thing that we're wanting to create. And that's how you create sustainability, longevity, and therefore change. Mm, So beautiful. I was picturing an Oreo. (laughs) Not because Mm -hmm. I'm craving sugar and we're talking about weight and getting in shape, but I was picturing an Oreo. When you were talking, so like the top of the Oreo is, I'm just going to bust through and force. The bottom of the Oreo was, I'm just going to shut down and quit. And then the middle of the Oreo is what you were saying. No, go for the gooey center. The center is embracing, you know, working with it, being aware. Don't let it stop you. I love that. Yes. What's my favorite bit of the Oreo, Jill? Always. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the gooey delicious middle. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. So let's go back to the the woman who wants to make a big change. Okay. So what other advice do you have uh, for her about this? So getting support is is one. You know, like you can do so much and you can recognize your patterns. That takes energy. So having somebody just call you out a little bit, call you forward a little bit, remind you a little bit can be incredibly supportive. And that can be a coach. It can be a trainer. It can be a a friend who's taking steps themselves. We want to make sure these people genuinely have our highest intention, highest good, you know, at heart, because we have to also recognize that our change also can trigger safety responses in those who live with us and love us as we are. So we create change. Our spouses may feel a little bit activated. They may find that a little bit unsafe because they don't know how to be in that arena where you are this new version of you. So we have to be really cautious and careful of who we enroll as our change support team. (laughs) Okay, this is so brilliant. Brilliant, Georgie. I mean, it really is because I've never heard anyone say that, but you're right. That's, I mean, if you're enrolling your best friend or your partner, it feels like the right person. They've got my back. They know me better than anybody, but you're right. Because of those reasons, they might get triggered by this. Yes. Yes. They're human too. They like things to, their nervous systems, their bodies like things to say the same too. So if you start operating differently, talking differently, expressing differently, moving differently, dressing differently, you know, thinking differently, they're going to feel very unsettled by it. And while on one level, they may love it, their more primal nervous system will be like, ding, 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 alert, there's change here. We need to be perceptive to potential threat. We need to be perceptive to potential danger. (laughs) So we have to be really compassionate to their humanness too, which is why and where I believe external support, a slightly distanced person who is, you know, professional and and you are really enrolling them into this for you and nothing else. You know, their benefit is your growth and expansion and change. It's that can be incredibly powerful. But there are other ways. Yeah. And they are trained and understand how to do it. And they'll be looking for your triggers and they'll be looking for yes. those responses. Yeah. That and, and again to go back to my example not intentionally to make it about me, but I think it's a great example with this trainer is that I, and I'm proud of myself. I will pat myself on the back that I, I've worked out in the past. I know how to work out. I've done CrossFit. I've done Pilates. I've done, but I knew, I knew Georgie, I've gotten so comfortable not moving my body that I knew that my body would beg me to not move it. And so if I have Jim, you know, three days a week, I have an appointment with him at 8.15 a.m., and um, texting in between there, I knew that I would do it 
And if I didn't do it, there'd be a conversation around it. And anyway, it's like setting a trap for yourself. So the first you said is like, you know, having accountability or, or, or support. What would be another thing? The other thing was that, you know, that middle layer of the Oreo, which is where um, compassion to where you are and your humanness meets self-respect of the desires that you hold and your potential, recognizing that we don't look to our past and who we've been to discover our potential. We look to our desire and our belief of what is in our future. So we really don't want to look to past self for evidence of who we can become. We look forward. We look to belief. We look to possibility for that. So there's there's that piece with, you know, compassion meeting self-respect and how those two are the, the dream team to really creating positive change for yourself that feels good. And recruiting others, we've mentioned, making sure you have a really compelling understanding of why, you know, it has to feel good to you. And not just on the, I want it because I want it, but the real awareness of why, what is this going to create for you? Not just on form, but in feeling. What is the physical, the sort of the emotional and experience you'll have when you create this thing? Because that's really what we don't do things to get a new car. We don't lose weight just to be thinner. We we lose weight because we believe that when we've lost the weight, we're going to feel a certain way. We're going to feel more confident. We're going to feel more sexy. We're going to feel more healthy and vibrant and energetic. You know, when we have the new car, we're maybe going to feel more supported. We're going to maybe feel more physically safe when we're on the road. We're going to feel less concerned about it conking out on us <laughs> as we're driving away. So we have to really recognize that underneath these goals, there are there are really compelling reasons and you have to recruit those. You have to see them. You have to dig into them. This is kind of like old school coaching one-on-one. What's your why? What's your big reason? And does it actually feel good? Does it actually evoke that feeling in you that drives you forward? You have to be ready for the resistance, knowing it's going to come, and plan for it. Make the excuses that you know will come. Get a strategy to respond to them. Like, And the other thing, Jill, is when we make these plans of how we want to change and what we want to do, it's so important that we don't make those plans as our best day self. Tell me what you mean. So you, for example, with your exercise... Your best day self would be like, I don't need the trainer. I can motivate myself into this. I just need to put on the thing on YouTube and I will show up and I will be so delighted to be there. I can do that. Of course, I can do that. I can do it five times a week. And you know what? On the sixth day, I'm going to go for a run. (laughs) The reality is we are rarely our best day selves. Oh, that's so good. Our best days, but we don't always have our best day selves, right? So we need to, when we want to start taking steps, don't set yourself a plan towards it that is operating as your best self all the time. Oh my God, this is so good, Georgie, because we all do this. I mean, I've done this. Yes. So I'm embarrassed to tell you, but I'm just going to tell you. I did this even with the exercise because I just said to Jim like a week ago, you know, I've been doing this for months with you now. I wonder if maybe I should just meet with you on Monday and then have you map out, just email me the workouts Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, it didn't go so well. <laughs> Yes. And even I guarantee you, look at the way you're probably framing and setting yourself up with the book, right? You'll probably set yourself a plan on how you're going to write it and what mood you'll be in. And you're probably setting that plan as best day self, Jill. Yep. (laughs) That, that is really hard to execute on day in and day out because none of us are our best selves day in and day out. So good. Okay, I'm thinking about Judy. Judy's listening and she's like, listen, ladies, the thing that I want to do, it's a career change, but I can't just snap my fingers. I can't afford to do that. Well, let's say I'm a teacher. I have a passion for being a coach. I'm trained, certified, all that. I have to build that practice up, et cetera. You can relate to that. So it's going to take me, let's say a year. How can I tap into that feeling you're talking about now? Because if I'm trying to be a coach so I can feel free and I can make a difference and da da da, and I know for sure, I'm telling you, I have, let's say I have a contract. I've signed a contract at the school and I have to teach for two more years before I can fully be a coach. How can you help me get what I say I want from coaching like now? 
Yeah. And that's the most beautiful thing about when you take time to look at what's underneath the goal. Well, what is, we ask the question, well, what is being the coach going to create for you in your feeling, in your experience? Well, it's going to make me feel free and expressive and like I'm supporting others. And when I support others, that makes me feel purposeful and it makes me feel valuable. And we go, great, valuable, purposeful, free, expressive. How do we bring that into every single day here and now? That's the desire. You've decided that coaching is the route, the only route to those things. And we also know that your contract's not going to free you up for that expression. I mean, that in itself is a conversation. Is it? Is it true? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can right. we work around that contract? <laughs> but say it is. And that is that we go, we, well, we're not waiting. Why wait for that to be the only thing that gets you there? Let's get to the root desire here, the core desire and start bringing that into your everyday now. How can you feel free within everything you do? How can you feel expressed express within your work as a teacher? How can you feel purposeful and valuable? in the way that you're responding to yourself and in the choices that you're making on how you show up, like you get to bring it into the here and now. As you do that, let's not forget about this thing over here that you want to take steps towards. So what can you be doing as you fulfill the desire in a feelings front in the here and now? What can we do practically and strategically that actually paves the way to that coaching practice becoming a reality? And that is where the resistance comes in, usually. Okay. Well, here's what you need to do. Because I was going to say to you, if you help me feel this now, then maybe do I say, well, I guess I don't need to be a coach because I feel this way now as a teacher. Mm -hmm. And then we just have to bring you back to your example with the book, right? You've questioned that. Do I really need the book? I don't give give a hoot about what people think about me. I could just drop it. But there is that part of you that just knows they just knows that this is the thing. It is calling you forward. And that we can't ignore. It does get louder. It does keep calling us forward. And that's when you know it's really, when you've done the work enough to be like, is this really me? Is this my ego? Is this myself just kind of telling myself I should be doing this? You know, no, no, no. This is genuinely something I feel really cool to. Then we say, great, let's go make that happen. Yeah, because I believe, and I, I'm guessing you agree, that when Judy, you know, does everything you just explained, she stays in this teaching. She has to stay in this career. She did have the conversation. They said, no, she has to stay there for two years. She figures out how to get that feeling and, and all those things that she's seeking and coaching in her day-to-day life. Then she tunes in and realizes, even though I have this, I really do, I need to be a coach. I believe that there's this higher purpose that cannot be accessed yet until she makes the leap. And once she makes the leap and she becomes the coach, at some point she's going to go, oh my goodness, this is why you were telling me to be a coach. She's saying to her creator, she's saying to herself, this is why I was supposed to do this. Oh my goodness, I thought it was to get this, 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 and this. Mm. But I was able to already get that with my coach through teaching. But now I realize that when I became a coach, it was this. But she couldn't access that until she went through the other stuff. That's why I love even talking to friends of mine about things that they desire, Georgie. I have friends that have said, you know, I wish I could. And I say, listen, listen, that's not an accident that you feel that way because I don't have that desire. Georgie doesn't have that desire. You have that desire. There's a reason God is saying this to you. Don't feel pressure, but I'm just telling you there's a reason. So if you do what it takes to finally get that, you don't even know what the message really is until you do it because you have to walk through that door and then you're going to get the reason. This is where comes the peace. Start before you're ready. Okay, because safety, resistance to keep us safe would have us never start because we're never ready. But if you actually learn how to be with yourself in such a way that you get to start now, start coaching now. How can you be a coach in the here and now whilst you're still teaching? How can you find moments to be in that role so your body can feel it, your your brain can start to play with it, so you start to really get to map out, see and feel what it is going to be like. So when you come to that time, when those doors are open and there's more space for it, you're more in belief and in the process of being the thing that you say you want and the universe, God, whatever is already in alignment with supporting you and making it so because you've said, yes, I'm here. I am it. I am a yes to this. I am ready for this. 
knowing that we're all still human and we do have those little bumps along the way. How we respond to those bumps, whether they're an invitation to learn and sort of fall forward or whether they're a halt to the progress and process entirely, that is where self-coaching, coaching, coaching, and just self-awareness really gets to to be the difference in mm-hmm. my opinion. And I think we're too appropriate people to be having this conversation and you're an appropriate person to be helping women with this because we've done it. Like you were a doctor and now you're a full-time coach. I mean, right? I was a nurse and then I was in direct sales and now I'm a podcaster. Like we have made major career shifts. And I do, I will say, I'm going to toot your horn of mine. Like the people you want to get help from are the ones who've actually done it. Because people can talk theory all day long, but the fact that you did that, there's just a different level of awareness that comes with that. And I'm I'm going to tell you a story because it really highlights what we were saying about, you know, the resistance, the nervous system and keeping us stuck. The day that I took myself off the register, the chiropractic register, so I no longer could call myself a doctor of chiropractic. I no longer could treat patients. The day I took myself off the register, we were living in Turkey. I booked in five clients to come and see me the following week. And I got to the end of the day and I was really funky. And Graham came home from work and I was in this really like agitated, like itchy, itchy mood, right? My body just was itchy and weird. And he was like, you are funky. What is happening? And I just whizzed through my head. I was like, you know, I did this and blah, 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 and did this and did this. And I signed off the register and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, you did what? I was like, I came off the register. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, I did that huge thing. <laughs> I did a huge thing. And then I was like, oh, and then I immediately said to five people, yes, I'll still be your chiropractor. So I was like, hey, universe, I'm doing this big thing. Oh, and by the way, I'm completely going to go back on that decision. Oh. And I just, in that moment, saw the pattern of safety and staying stuck at play. Like I did the big brave thing. And then my nervousness, my anxiety, my discomfort within that change and that potential for change led me to being like, sure, I can adjust you next week. Sure, I'll make space for you. Sure, let's do that thing. So, you know, I saw it. I love myself for it. I canceled all those clients and I recommitted to the goal that I had. When you said that, I thought you meant you booked five coaching clients. That's an even better story. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to give you a quick story about me. Same thing. So this is giving the listener evidence, another example of how our bodies will do this. So I wanted so badly to get out of network marketing. I keep giving it different names because people think they're all different. They're very similar. MLM, network marketing, direct sales. Okay. So that career, I was in that career for two years. I felt, I'll use words like suffocated, strangled, drowning. I know they're very dramatic words. That's how I felt. I wanted out so badly, Georgie. And I would say out loud, like speak out into the world, standing in my kitchen. I just want to be a mom. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like it anymore. It served its purpose. I'm grateful for it. I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. However, speaking of the teacher's contract, I didn't have a teacher's contract, but we were relying on my income. I was paying our mortgage. I made a lot of money. And our kids were all on the health insurance that my company provided. And so I was locked in and my husband's like, I I hear you, but I mean, we can't. So what I'm saying is when I finally did leave and I had all the opportunity to just do whatever I wanted, just be a mom, just explore a new career. Guess what I did as a knee-jerk response? As soon as my non-compete was up, before I even gave myself time to even or space to really feel into anything, I signed on with another direct sales company. (laughs) And I remember calling my brother ahead of time, my big brother, and said, hey, I want to ask your advice. And he was like, don't do it. What are you doing? And I hung up and I did it. Seven weeks later, seven weeks in, I was like, what am I doing? I've lost my mind. I forgot. Goodbye. And I walked away. But I also, my body also went right back to what was familiar. Yes. Yes. What we know, what's created safety, what's created success and, you know, validation and all those things. We have to be compassionate and understand that's why. 
and be willing to spot it when it happens and be like, whoopsie. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. I definitely just did that. Definitely said, no, thank you. I'm here for this and be like, but actually, sure. Why not? Let's go again. All right. So as we close, I'd like you to speak to another woman. And this is a woman who says, here's the thing. I have this like crazy idea, crazy idea that I would either, let's just say, move to another country, or I would, honestly, I wouldn't be a doctor, I'd be an author, or honestly, I wouldn't be a teacher, I would actually have my own, I would have my own salon for dogs. Like, it's just such an out there thing. What would you say to her if she's listening right now to you? I would say, well, let's start by clearing up that languaging around it. Let's not call it crazy. Let's not call it out there. Let's actually just call it what it is. Because by calling it those things, we're immediately signaling to our nervous system and to our subconscious that it is not a great thing to do. Mm. And if you start there, it's never going to feel safe and it's never going to happen. Okay, let's just pause there. That's so good. (laughs) Because we say things like harebrain. I had a friend recently told me, I have this harebrain idea. Don't tell anybody. I know it sounds crazy. But honestly, I would walk away from everything I'm doing right now if I could just be a baker. I know it's just so ridiculous. That's what she said. And I should have said what you said. That's good. Okay. The reality is it may be ridiculous and it may be harebrain, but we can't start there. We have to start with the idea as neutral and then go and explore and and then really kind of get curious about again, is this ours? Because who said it was harebrain? Are you saying it's harebrain or do you just know that that's somebody else that's saying it's harebrain? In which case, do we really want this goal laced in other people's energies or do we actually want it neutral or in, you know encapsulated in what you, you believe it is? So let's start by getting clear on what you believe it is, recognizing what in that is helpful, what in that needs a bit of cleaning up, polishing out and what needs to go. Because when we've cleaned up our understanding of the thing that we want, we can start to then frame what's required in us, in our bodies, in us, in our minds, in us, in our strategy and application to actually allow it to to be tested, to be trialed, to happen, really, if, if it's the thing that we want. So there's a process. But to start that process with dismissing it or judging it in a negative way, you're already setting yourself up to more resistance. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like the, that's her version of the tight IT band. Yes. Yeah. If I tell myself that this is a crazy, crazy, crazy idea, I'll never take myself seriously enough to actually consider it properly to do anything about it. So I'm just going to keep myself safe by telling myself it's a crazy idea. Who am I to believe that I want more? Mm -hmm. And what about this? I also feel like she might be saying, it's a crazy idea. I know this is dumb. I know this is crazy. Because she's afraid to really claim it. Yeah. Because if I really claim it, then maybe there's a possibility it could happen. And what does that say about the life I have? Yeah. And and similarly, and I'm afraid you'll judge it. Mm -hmm. So if I speak to the judgment first, you and I are still friends. We still connect. So I'm still safe. But here's the thing, my friend. If you want to make that thing happen, you don't get to play safe and appeasing others. You Uh. have to claim it as your own. Yes. You speak to what it is, you stake it, and you go for it, knowing that others may not like it. My parents were so sad that I chose to stop practicing as a chiropractor until they saw my my business as a coach, you know, really taking off. <laughs> There's People are not going to like the changes that you want to make because it makes them question things about themselves. It makes them question things about your relationship to them, with them, things about you. And that, my friend, that's not on your side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know it's so cliche, but you get one life. One life. I am here for cliches like that. Yes. I mean, so what I, I know I said as we close, but the thing coming to me next before we close is just maybe share with us, what do you see over and over again? Or what have you seen that just really tugged at your heart regarding a woman who has a secret desire? And something that really gives her life, but she's choosing to live in a place that's just stealing her joy and and essentially like suffocating her. Hmm, what would I say? Was that your question? Yeah, or maybe just share like what that looked like. Anything about that? Something just made me feel like I needed to 
to go there to really get to the heart of this because we've, you know, we talked a lot about what makes sense. It's been really interesting, but there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of heart underneath this that I think a lot of women are, I think are sad. They're like very, very, like I feel, see, I feel like I'm going to cry right now. They're sad that they get one life and they're choosing to live their life as like the sacrificial lamb, the martyr. And they really just want someone like you to help them step forward into what they want. Yeah. Well, if there's two things that I am here to take a stand against, it is hopelessness and resignation. Mm. When I see a woman feeling hopeless about creating change and she is resigned to the life that she believes she has to live, I will stand by her side. I will call her up. I will call her forward and I will hold her when she needs to be held because I really believe that as women, that is not why we are here. And when I find, and I'm getting emotional when I see women in that space, I sit with them, I hug them, I love them. And I say, I know you believe and some point somebody's told you that this is all you get. And I'm here to remind you it's not. Mm. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing so much with us. And um, I hope everybody comes to find you. You know, I just love you. I come, I've come across so many amazing coaches you're such a standout. I've, I, as soon as I came across you, Georgie, I told you this. I watched you coach someone and I was like, oh, she's so good. <laughs> um, you have so much heart and you truly believe in this and you care so much. It, it's very obvious that you genuinely care. And, you know, I said this in the introduction, but I'm going to say it again that I love finding people who wouldn't be found unless someone put the spotlight on them because they don't have the blue check mark. They don't have 150,000 followers. And so they're not seen, but Georgie is the, is the person that I've told you about where I'm like, there are some unbelievably gifted, talented, and dedicated professional coaches out there who are doing this all day, day after day, because they believe in it so much. And they don't have the bells and whistles, but they also probably don't even want the bells and whistles. Like you're not looking for that. <laughs> and so I'm so glad to feature you and put you in front of people because I know, I know what you're about. So thank you. Thank you, Jill. It's been a real, oh, it's been fun. It's been fun. And I, I mean, I see you taking a stand for these women too. So I thank you just as much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right. So tell them again how to find you. So you can find me at Chasing Lobsters. That's my company name. So at Chasing Lobsters on Instagram or ChasingLobsters.com. And if you actually go to ChasingLobsters.com forward slash goals, there is a little freebie on goal setting, which is very similar to some of the things we've spoken about today. Don't be discouraged. Goal setting sounds and feels terrible to most of us. I'm with you. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about going after the thing you want. So if you do want that, that is there. But anything chasing lobsters, that's where you'll find me or Georgie Muir on LinkedIn. Mm, love it. Thank you so much. I hope everyone finds you. Please share this episode with your friends. Tag Georgie and myself, send it to people, text it to them uh, so they can get more of what she's sharing. Thank you, Jill.